the biggest problem that I deal with is acne, but it's only about 15% of my patients. So that's the largest proportion of diseases that I see. So things are really fragmented, which I like. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Health Careers with Dr. Martin, a podcast show that pulls back the curtain on what a career in health and wellness is really like. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Martin. All right, so here's today's question for you. Do you have the perception that a dermatologist only deals with acne and Botox and, you know, administers topical steroids? Well, in today's episode, we're going to talk to a dermatologist who will dispel many of those myths and really explain what he really does in his profession. We get a very clear view and perspective of what a dermatologist does and what his work-life balance is like. Today's guest is a good friend of mine, Dr. Kevin Dawson. We've known each other since, goodness, over 25 years. He's been a good friend of mine since medical school because we went to medical school together and we've got to know each other's families pretty well. A quick bio on Kevin. He is a dermatologist in private practice. He has an appointment at Queens Medical Center in Honolulu, Hawaii, where he has practiced for the last 15 years. He attended the University of Hawaii Johnny Byrne School of Medicine with yours truly and went on to do a dermatology residency at the State University of New York in Buffalo. Kevin is a 15-year fellow of the American Academy of Dermatology and is currently serving as a chief of dermatology division at Queens Medical Center in Hawaii. He is actively involved in the community, teaching residents and students in his office, and as an assistant clinical professor for the University of Hawaii School of Medicine. He has also organized over 30 skin cancer screening events around the island of Oahu over the past 10 years for the Hawaii Dermatologic Society. He's served as a president for that society in 2008, and he also served as the National Dermatologic Foundation's Vice Chairman in Hawaii from 2010 to 2015. So definitely active in the community as well as maintain his practice. He has been recognized as one of the top physicians in Honolulu Magazine, Pacific Business News, and America's Best Doctors, and Castle and Conley every year since 2011. Kevin's a good friend of mine and has a great family. And it's a pleasure to have him on this podcast. As a friendly reminder, please check out my Instagram account, Dr. Richard Marn. That's Dr. Richard Marn, where you can check out some of the what I think is some very interesting posts, especially about our guests, but also some a bit of professional and personal posts from my end that I put up as well. And before we jump into this conversation with Kevin, mind you, I'm in New York when we're doing this recording, and Kevin's in Hawaii. And at the time, there's a six-hour time difference, and so it was morning when Kevin was doing the recording and so you might hear some a little bit of bird chirping in the background so a little bit of hawaii in this podcast all right let's jump into this conversation welcome kevin to the podcast thanks for joining me oh it's good to be here wow we've known each other for how long jeez 1996 96 was when we, yep. Oh my God. When we started med school. Yeah. <laughs> right around the birth of your son or yep. thereabouts. The exact same year. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I want to get into your career and I, and thanks for sh- coming on the podcast and sharing. I really appreciate it. You've been a professional uh, in medicine for quite a while. So can you tell me what uh, you do as a dermatologist? Dermatology is a pretty broad field, which is what I like about it. Um, I am a general dermatologist. So I don't really specialize. Um, in any one particular area. 
so we kind of do uh, take care of young kids all the way up to geriatric patients um, for any kind of skin disease, anything as simple as acne and, and eczema in kids to um, skin cancers and, and uh, everything in between, you know, all kinds of rashes like psoriasis and, you know, medication reactions, that sort of thing. Um, we do some cosmetics. Uh, some dermatologists will focus on that. I do it. Uh, it's probably maybe 20% of my business. I, I prefer the medical dermatology. But we basically just take care of skin for all ages. What do you mean by medical dermatology? So you can do um, cosmetic dermatology. Um, you can do surgical dermatology. Um, but medical dermatology is just um, taking care of um, th those kinds of problems, um, you know, that, that happen in the skin and, and not just being a, a cosmetic guy, for example, or, or a surgeon. So you actually do medical, cosmetic, and surgical dermatology? Yeah, I do all three. You know, just like I said, the, the cosmetics is probably 20%. I will do um, surgeries, um, you know, some of the smaller surgeries. If it's kind of big or uh, they're, they're high-risk cancer surgeries, then I'll send them to a specialist. And... Does a dermatologist ever go into the operating room, or do they only do their procedures in the office? Uh, some do. Some some will go into the operating room. Um, I, I do not. Uh, if it's if it's that big, then that's when I'll send it off to somebody else. Okay. And so, what is your day typically like? Because a dermatologist typically, for most of them, I presume, are mostly in a clinic setting. Yes, and I would and I would say that's true for for ninety five percent of dermatologists. Um, so I basically, you know, you hit the ground running. Uh, we have um, a lot of patients because some of the problems are, are relatively easy. Um, and you never know when you're going to run up against that, that difficult one that's going to take you mm -hmm. 20, 30 minutes. So you got to make sure you stay on time. But um, we basically, you know, we start our day um, 8.30, which is relatively reasonable. And, and um, there's usually a waiting room full of people by the time I get there. And uh, just kind of um, uh, a lot of... Um, follow-ups and, and easy things like warts and acne, and then they're kind of scattered in between the people that come in for, for serious problems, you know, really, really bad rashes, um, new growths that are, that are most likely skin cancers. Um, we do a lot of skin checks. And then right before noon, I will um, usually do um, a cosmetic procedure and a, a skin cancer surgery. And then same thing at the end of the day. I'll do, um, you know, big cosmetic procedure and or um, a skin cancer surgery at the end of the day. But that's all done in your office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I'm saying, you know, surgery uh, or, you know, we're not going very deep. We're just, it's basically we're taking out a piece of skin. We're going down to the fat. So, you know, depending on where that is, um, it, it's generally less than a couple of centimeters deep, um, uh, two, three centimeters deep. Um, unless it's a lipoma, then it can get pretty nasty. Uh, um, and, but, uh, you know, never, never bigger than like, you know, baseball, softball size. If it gets bigger than that, then I send them somewhere. Cause then you, then you risk running into, to, uh, more problems that really require being in the operating room. I see. You, so you're not cutting down to bone, huh? No, not, not intentionally. <laughs> <anyways. laughs> uh, and when does your day usually end about? So we're usually done by, uh, five, five thirty. Um, so it's a pretty reasonable day. Um, you know, and I do take, uh, I do take some time in the middle of the day to kind of do calls and paperwork. So we do, do, we, we take a lunch, although I, I'm never, I'm never really, I'm eating my lunch as I'm working, but right. um, it's a relatively normal day. Are you working often occasionally late into the evening or on the weekends? 
I do work on weekends. Um, we, we have a Saturday clinic because I think a lot of people um, appreciate being able to have access on Saturdays yeah. uh, because of work and everything. Uh, I do work into the evenings a lot, uh, and most of that is paperwork, not seeing patients. I so, see. Um, so I, I guess you say, when, when are we done? You know, the, the clinic is done at 5, 5.30, but I'm usually done by 7, 7.30. And would you say the work-life balance as a dermatologist is pretty good? Yeah, I'd say it's pretty good. Um, and actually, a lot of most dermatologists probably don't work as much as I do. Um, I, I kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I've been pretty busy in my my career, and I, I um, so, so most dermatologists are working three four days a week. And, what you're saying? Uh, other dermatologists have better work by work mm-hmm. life balance than you. I would say so, yeah. Especially if they're smart and they do cosmetics. You know, the cosmetic stuff is a lot uh, more lucrative than than the uh, medical stuff, but it's not nearly as fun or interesting or or rewarding for that matter. So. Mm. And what's what would you say like is the best or f- your most rewarding or favorite parts of your day? I think, you know, when you, when you, um, there are a lot of skin problems that, that are either, um, you know, relatively serious, um, or are, um, troubling for patients and, and being able to, to take care of those or fix those, um, is probably, um, uh, you know, that's the reason why I do medical dermatology and not, mm. not cosmetic stuff. Um, you know, for example, <clears throat> something as simple as, you know, really bad acne in a, in a teenager for them, that's disastrous and, and it actually can be scarring. Um, and, and it can, you know, goes on for years. So, um, so, you know, that's a simple case where you kind of take care of, uh, of somebody's acne and get them clear over the course of, you know, four or five, six months. And then just having them and, and the parents just be so grateful that, that, uh, you know, the kid is more confident and they, yeah. they, they don't, uh, um, they're not, not, don't have any of the scarring left and, and, and you know, something simple like that. Um, skin cancers are actually really rewarding because, um, a lot of people will come in for skin checks and they're worried about something that, that is nothing. But then as we look around, we find something that potentially could have been life-threatening for them. And uh, being able to get, you know, catch those sorts of things um, it really kind of puts a lot of um, satisfaction in the job. Um, you know, I, I, I've had, uh, you know, several patients that, that um, had they not come in when they did for something other than their skin cancer, they could right. have died from their skin cancer. And so uh, I, that that's really helpful. I think though the the most rewarding ones are, are a lot of the rashes because those can be miserable and life threatening. Um, what do you mean? Uh, for example, um, you know something like a medication reaction yeah. uh, can can cause uh, enough blistering where you lose enough skin where um, your body doesn't function properly anymore. Um, there are some autoimmune diseases like bullous pemphigoid, and that's usually those are usually the patients that are the most difficult, and, and they'll come in and, and it's not. It's common enough that I see it probably you know six ten times a year, hmm. um, but it, that's uncommon enough that most other doctors don't know what it is, um, and people can get just really horrible. I mean, it's it's itchy, but they're actually losing a lot of skin, and so you got these open raw areas, and they can get infected, and then they're losing a lot of fluids. Um, and are just they often admitted to, to the hospital because of that? I, I some of them are. Um, because if it, it depends on how long it, is, it takes for, for a doctor to send them away or for them yeah. to go to a dermatologist, um, because everybody always thinks it's an infection and they've been on antibiotics and then they think that the blistering is a medication reaction yeah. and they go down the wrong trail. Um, so sometimes by the time I get called, they're in the hospital and, and they've lost a lot of skin. Um, but to get those people under control, um, you know, I've had, cause they're usually older patients and, 
some of them are kind of borderline suicidal by the time they are, you know, they've lost really? their will to live because they can't imagine living like this forever. And it's been going on for such a long time. And that, um, you know, I had, um, one woman who had, uh, she traveled, went back home to Korea because nobody, none of the doctors here knew what that was. And the doctors in Korea told her there was nothing they could do for her and, and that, that, um, she was going to have to live like that. And, um, she was, um, just miserable and itchy and oozing everywhere and everywhere were healed. There was this horrible dark spot. And, um, the daughter told me that she was um, talking about, um, ending everything. So, uh, it took, took about three or four months to get her under control. But, and, um, but she, that was, that was, uh, really a rewarding, uh, wow. situation there. And it's, it's, it happens a lot where these people are just, you know, miserable and, and, you know, she was su- borderline suicidal, but, some of the other patients are just, you know, they kind of lose their will to live because they can't imagine living like that. Um, and they don't, and they've been told that there's nothing that can be done. Um, so, you know, picking up a case like that and, and doing something about it um, really is uh, one of the things that really kind of makes your whole month and, and yeah. keeps you going and keeps you going into the office every day. Kevin, again, what is the name of that disease that this, that this woman had? So she had a disease called bolus pemphigoid. Um, and it's an autoimmune disease, uh, and it usually happens in older people. Basically, the immune system decides that it uh, doesn't like a part of the skin, and it starts attacking it, and it just creates a, a – it causes the upper layer of skin to just kind of start to peel off and blister. Are dermatologists often going into the hospital to see patients, like in these situations, or is that a rare thing? It's not common. Um, I would say mo- most – most dermatologists avoid the hospital like a plague. Um, it is, <laughs> as a medical dermatologist, and the older you know, the older you get, and the and the more um, referring doctors you get, um, the, the more often you'll be called to go into the hospital. But even so, I would say um, I, I probably go in to the hospital um, on average, you know, three to four times a month. So you know, usually less than once a week. Okay. Um, so it's not common. A lot of it is because uh, the, the doctors in the hospital don't expect that a dermatologist will come in. It sometimes can be difficult to find somebody who wants to come in. Yeah. Uh, because you've got to get home by 5 o'clock right now. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dermatologists live that lifestyle. They just want to go home and do their job. And, go, and, and, and you can. And, and you can still have a rewarding career without having to be there late and stay late and go into the hospital. Is there a part of your job that you find is your least favorite? Oh, by far, I think any doctor is going to tell you the least favorite part of the job is the paperwork. So except for the paperwork. Yeah. Except for the paperwork, um, you know, honestly, I th- <laughs> what bothers me, um, and it's probably the reason why I'm not a big cosmetic guy and making tons of money, is because I get really, I really get bothered by people that come in um, and are um, overly dramatic about small things that, that really shouldn't bother them. You know, like a small sunspot that won't go away or, mm. or a little bump under their skin. Um, or, you know, somebody who is 80 and is complaining that their skin is sagging and, and <laughs> you know, I ne- never used to be like this. How come it's like this? And I think those <laughs> things, those things bo- bother me a little bit. I don't know. I wouldn't say that it, uh, I, it's, I don't like that part of the job. I don't like it when I try to explain to people, um, what's happening and they don't accept it and, and uh-huh. want me to be able to do something about it. To um, cure their problem. To cure their their problem of getting older, which uh, we all know is there is no real cure for. 
Um, but I, I think that those where people are unrealistic about, um, uh, you know, minor things, um, when I do have some serious patients, uh, um, sometimes in a, uh, on a long day when, when I've got, you know, I'm a little backed up and somebody's yeah. com- complaining and won't let me leave the room because they want me to fix the, the wrinkling that's on the inside of their arms. Uh, <laughs> that bothers me a little bit. But, um, but I, I would say for the most part, I, um, you know, while I'm seeing patients, while I'm in the rooms and while I'm, you know, um, interacting with my staff, um, I, th- those, those are all enjoyable parts of the day. I rarely have issues with those. What misconceptions do people have about dermatologists? I, um, I, I think the biggest misconception is that it's all, you know, kind of superficial cosmetic stuff. Uh, and I think that's what most people think of. You know, they, they think of Botox, they think of acne. Um, you know, Isn't there's that, a sign. Wait, you do more than that? <laughs> there's a Seinfeld <laughs> episode, right? Remember the, the, the pimple wait, popper? Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, the, you know, the Seinfeld uh, where he was going out with the, the dermatologist and he got upset with her and he says, you're just a pimple popper. That's all you do. You're a pimple popper. And then uh, the um, somebody in the restaurant came up and said, oh, doctor, you saved my life from my skin cancer. <laughs> I remember that. But I think that. But I think that's the that's the biggest um, misconception is that basically it's all you know cosmetic and superficial and it's easy. Um, but I think a lot of times um, you know the referring docs right away realize that it's not you know a lot of rashes look the same um, and it, it's it's a lot of ciphering. It's just like any specialty. You know once you start to get into things that look alike and then you have to really start to do your te- detective work and that's where the training comes in. Right. I mean, I agree that I think there's some misconception where all you all you're doing is look at acne, giving Botox and steroids. Yep. Yeah, you just you put know. a little put a little cortisone on it and it'll go away. So, <laughs> but really, you gotta have you have to have a trained eye to know how mm. to decipher the different skin lesions that you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. It's all. I mean, it's all patterns because a lot of stuff, you know, you know, admittedly, a lot of it's just kind of red and scaly, and it all looks like a rash and. Um, you have to kind of know patterns and you have to ask history and, and uh, you know, how did it start? When did it start? How fast did it spread? And, and what are the symptoms? And you kind of put all of those together. And, and uh, yeah. some of some of it's easy after a while. Um, um, sometimes, actually, I would say, you know, at least three or four times a day, there's something I really am trying to figure out and have to do a lot of digging to figure out. Uh, you know, I do a lot of asking questions, go back and look at, at medication history and, and try to figure out what's going on. Sometimes there's a lot of testing involved, Um, but you know, as I get older, it it becomes easier to figure it out without having to do a lot of biopsies and tests. Well, you're becoming more of an expert in your field, you know. Exactly. Do you recommend this career for students? You know, I absolutely love dermatology. I wouldn't have it any other way. I'd say the um, probably the biggest shortcoming of of getting into dermatology is that it because of the because people perceive it as such a great lifestyle, and and it is. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's become very competitive and, um, I, I see a lot of, um, young people in medical school that are, um, really kind of stressed out and, and doing, uh, you know, work that's above and beyond what they need to be doing just so that they can try to get into residency, which is kind of the antithesis of the, you know, most, most people know that dermatologists are very laid back. They're, they're happy because they actually get some sleep. Um, you know, the, the, the field itself is, is very, um, uh, not competitive and very collaborative and, and uh, uh, you know, wonderful field to be in as far as the colleagues and, and the camaraderie. 
And it seems almost that getting into dermatology has become the opposite. And that's the only thing I would say is the shortcoming of it is that you really do have to prepare and you really do have to be top of your class uh, and, you know, do, do well and want to do well. So I'm not saying that I would not recommend dermatology because of that, but you just have to be prepared for that. Um, so I think that if, if it's something that you want to do, then you, you have to, uh, you have to get on your, get on your game and game, start, huh? start, yep, start doing things, uh, you know, start doing those extra things and, um, uh, you know, start taking those AP classes and, uh, you know, uh, start doing community service and the things that, that really make you stand out. What do you think the future outlook is for your profession? Um, I, I think the, the future for dermatology is um, pretty stable. Uh, we always worry that, that computers are going to take over and, you know, artificial intelligence is mm. going to take over. Um, I think we found out, um, you know, with COVID, we've had to do a lot of teledermatology where we're trying to do things um, over the Internet and through right. pictures. And I think people are finding out very quickly that, that um, there is a three-dimensionality about the skin that, that you really need to be able to um, see and sometimes you see in person to really make that diagnosis. Um, so I don't, I don't think that we're going to be having computers take over our stuff anytime soon. I see. Um, and, and, you know, people are always going to have skin problems. The, the, a lot of dermatologists are going into cosmetics. So the, the, my particular field of medical dermatology, um, always, there always seems to be a shortage of dermatologists uh, because uh, you mm. know, the, the few spots that are there, um, so, some people are just going into, uh, into cos- cosmetic dermatology and it leaves less people to be able to take, tackle the real um, skin problems. I see. And people are doing the cosmetic dermatology because it's more lucrative or it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a lot more you know, lucrative. It's exciting. I, I, I don't know. I guess it depends on your personality. I wouldn't say it's more exciting. I would say there, is some, there are some rewards to it. It's kind of neat to have, you know, somebody who is, um, you know, in their 30s and kind of you know, um, starting to sag a little bit and, um, uh, you know, leave looking a little better and just being so happy and wonder, you know, happy with it. Um, so there are some rewards to it, but not the same. It's not the same. Um, but it's definitely much more lucrative. Um, you know, you, you can, per patient, you end up making a lot more money. And if you really turn it into a business and, and uh, you know, kind of ignore some of the medicine and you start getting a lot of assistance and nurses doing yeah. all the procedures. Um, Versus a medical practice. Yeah, exactly. Versus you seeing the patient and you doing the work, you basically just put your name on it and, and walk in and, and give your blessing to whatever else somebody else is doing. Um, you know, you can, you can do some, uh, make some pretty good money with that, but I, I don't know the that part of it ends up not being as rewarding after a few years, you know, you, you, you live there, yeah, you know, the job part anyways. Um, I think you have to look at when you're looking at a career, you have to look at what, you know, what you're going to be doing. Um, not just, you know, two, three years down the road, but what you're going to be doing, you know, 10 years down the road, uh, right. you know, when you're pushing 20 years, like you and I are. Um, I'm sorry, did I say it out loud? Uh, <laughs> you it's know, so you evident know, 20, if they yeah. saw the video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're looking at, um, you know, I'm, so I'm 16 years in my career and, and uh, th- there are different things that are rewarding about it, you know, um, because after a couple of years, you, f- you figure out, um, you, you start to figure out some of the things that, that are, um, you know, the diagnostic issues and now yeah. it's more, you know, how do you, how do you communicate? How do you, um, you know, make patient, patients understand what's going to happen? So I, I think that uh, uh, on the cosmetic end of it, uh, I, I feel like that's kind of a short um, reward curve. Uh, it it, uh, it kind of stops pretty quickly. But with um, the, the medical dermatology, you know, the, 
the older you get, the um, more you know people will start to send the difficult cases to you. And now, now I actually get dermatologists in the community that the younger ones that will send me stuff because they can't figure it out. Oh, great! Um, so they, and that's that's the rewarding part of it. You get into um, medical school mm-hmm. the first time you applied. Yeah, first time I applied. Great. Yeah, and. What, how did you, dermatology come up as a, a, a choice for you? Was that the first one you were thinking about? No. Um, and when I started medical school or when I, when I decided to go into medical school, um, the intention was to be a primary care doctor. Um, I really wanted to do internal medicine. Hmm. I, I didn't want to leave. We didn't want to leave Hawaii because at that time, as you mentioned, we had a son. Let's see. I guess we found out that my wife was pregnant. Uh, about two weeks after I got my acceptance letter into medical school. So he was born a few months before I actually started medical school. So at that point, we, everything was, we were just going to stay here. Um, I got was going to go to medical school here. I was going to do my residency here. And somewhere around the end of my third year, um, uh, my wife has a, a friend that is a dermatologist. And she mm. was at the time practicing here and um, she was asking me why I didn't want to do dermatology. And I thought it's, it's boring. And, and, you know, all the misconceptions that we just talked about, it's, right. it's not, it's not exciting work. And she, she said, you should come spend a week with me. Um, and it just, uh, something about dermatology, again, I, I kind of felt like, um, it, it's a little different, um, as a specialty, it's, it's much more broad, you know, some specialties are just dealing with the same thing 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like with dermatology, well, actually, I know statistically my my medical software where that I take all my notes on tells me that that the biggest um, problem that I deal with is acne, but it's only about fifteen percent of my patients. So that's the largest proportion of of uh, diseases that I see. So it, things are really fragmented, which I like. So I'm seeing a lot of different things on a daily basis. It never gets boring. You never know what the day is going to bring up. And I kind of saw that when I was with her. It's like, wow, there's a lot of different stuff going on with dermatology that I didn't realize. And I started pursuing it. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I think things kind of fell into place for me. I didn't realize how difficult it was going to be to get in. Um, I just kind of assumed that if I decided to go to dermatology, I was going to get in. Uh, there was a point of no return where I started to realize, oh, this may not be, this may not be as easy as I thought. But by then, I'd already committed. And, um, so I'd spent most of my fourth year just kind of scrambling to get all the things that I needed to do to, to get into dermatology. I was fortunate things landed in place. I got in the first time. Um, I know people that, that, um, were just as smart. I was interviewing with Harvard guys out of the seven Harvard guys that I met on the interview trail. Um, uh, two of them didn't get in. Hmm. And uh, I think it's just, uh, you know, again, I think it's just things falling into place. They had to go try and get in next year. You know, I take it for granted, Kevin. And we um, we studied a lot together and 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 spent some time together because of medical school where where how our medical school was set up we would operate and learn as little pods if you will right you know? mm-hmm. but how hard was that because here you are starting medical school you have a new son you're not mm-hmm. working anymore was that as hard as I imagined it was for you I mean you left the the working world after being there for eight plus years and now you're back yeah. to school. It psychologically wasn't as difficult as um, I thought it was going to be. I did go from, you know, being you know, somebody with, with somewhat status to, to just being a student again. Mm. Um, that, that didn't bother me too much. Um, I think um, what was stressful is, uh, you know, right, right away the work-life balance 
uh, you know, uh, you know, work and lifestyle balance just kind of comes into play. Because I think most medical students at the time, you know, they don't have a lot of commitments and they can just dive in and just yeah. fully commit. And that's their whole life. Um, but I couldn't do that. Um, so, uh, and in some ways, um, I'm very grateful for that because it made me structure my life um, so that I did have time for a family and for myself um, uh, right off the bat. Uh, so everybody, you guys thought I was studying so hard and it's, only, it's because I only had eight hours a day to study. I had to study while my son was with my mother-in-law and yeah. while my wife was at work because as soon as she picked in, while well, I had to pick up my son and come home, then, then there's no studying to be done when you've got a, uh, you know, a, a, an infant and a, you know, he was one, two, three, four years old yeah. when I was in medical school. So there's no yeah. studying when, when you got a child in the house and got a wife that has to work to pay for your medical school, then mm -hmm. you got to do, you, you, she can't do all the housework. You got to do some of that. So I think it was difficult, but, um, my previous life is, you know, as a businessman and, um, being, you know, out in the real world for several years before I went to medical school, medical school kind of prepared me for that. So I knew how to structure my time. I knew how to budget my time. I knew how mm. to say, okay, I got to I got to study. I can't talk. I got to, you know, um, I can't go off and go to, go to, uh, Barnes and Noble. And it was Barnes and Noble at the time, not Starbucks. There were actually <laughs> these things called books where you open them up and there's pieces yes. of paper that, yeah. Well, not, um, none of these iPads. So you guys, yeah. So you guys would say, yeah, let's or, go study at Barnes and Noble tonight. And I'm like, no, I got to go home. <laughs> so, um, so there was, there was none of that pushing it off till later. So you just, you basically, you, you know, when, when it's time to study, you got to study if you want to do well. Hey, Kevin, reflecting back, uh, mm -hmm. would you have done anything differently? I don't think I would have done anything differently. I, I do feel like, um, you know, honestly, uh, from the outside looking in, I didn't think medical school was going to be as tough as it was. I didn't think getting really doing right. I, I thought it was, it was, you know, it, it didn't seem like it was going to be that hard. Um, it was a lot harder than I thought. Um, you know, getting into residency, doing residency didn't seem like it was going to be that hard. And, and especially my internship year, that was a lot harder than I thought. So I, I, I probably, I don't know that I would change anything. Um, yeah. but you know, now that I'm, older and have less energy. I, don't, I definitely would not have the energy to go and dive into that again. Um, but I think um, if, if you're passionate about it and you're going into it for the right reasons, you're going into it for the rewards, um, you know, the, the times of the, the rich doctors are coming to an end. So everybody that's going to medical school now, actually, um, I see it, um, you know, my son is actually in medical school now. Right. And, and None of those people are in it for the money. They're in it because, and knowing that they're probably not going to make as much as some of their architect friends and some of their, you know, uh, people in, in other fields. Um, but but they love medicine and they love helping people and love doing what they're doing. And uh, it makes me feel a lot better about the field as a whole. Everybody says, oh, medicine's terrible now. And those are the guys that went into it for the wrong reasons. And those reasons aren't there anymore. The guys who are in it to, uh, for the right reasons are, I, I feel, I see it as a, a great field now. I see, um, you know, there's so many advances, uh, there, there's so many new things going on, uh, new tools to help people, um, uh, uh, you know, finding things out about the human body that we didn't know existed. And, you know, they have uh, technology now where they can take your blood and train it to kill cancer cells and put it back in your body. I mean, mm. it's just amazing kind of stuff that's going on. And, and if you're in it for that, those kinds of reasons, then you're just going to love it for the rest of your life. And, and you'll always just find a new path to take when when the computers take over one area you just go and look 
you know, do research in another area or focus in another area. So I, I do feel like um, if if you're you know kind of passionate about that sort of thing and you, you're really looking at um, you, you like medicine or you like the medical field, you like help helping people, um, you, you like kind of curing diseases and, and you know solving those mysteries. Uh, medicine's a great field. Listen, I want to end with um, my final segment. Okay. It's just called Mars Lightning Round. Okay. These quick questions. I got to take a sip of coffee before we do this. Um, <laughs> questions, you know, short answers, yes, no. Mm-hmm. Short answer question. Uh, short answer to the question is fine too. Sure. Shouldn't okay. be too hard. I hope not. All right. <laughs> okay. Scale of one to ten. How good of a driver are you? Nine. Oh, just patting yourself on the back there. <laughs> <laughs> TV shows or movies? Movies. Love or money? Love. Your wife will be happy you said that. <laughs> when, <laughs> when was the last time you stayed up past four in the morning? Oh, two weeks ago. Really? <laughs> yeah. Who inspires you? Inspires me. Um, my family inspires me. Son inspires me. Um, my wife inspires me. My family. All right. What is your absolute number one biggest pet peeve? <laughs> Being asked if I'm sure about a diagnosis. Are you sure? Are you sure? You think it could be something else? Are you sure? <laughs> I've been doing this. For I'm nothing. glad you asked me that question. I'm going to change my answer. <laughs> Uh, what is the most delightful word you can think of? Delightful. All right. I'll take it. Your greatest achievement? achievement. Um, I would, I would say, um, just being able to, to start and maintain a successful practice. All right. And finally, if you could get a yacht, what would you call it? <laughs> Beverly. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) She's going to love this episode. Your wife, that is. Kevin, if someone wants to learn more about you or reach out to you, how do they do that? Uh, You can go to my website. Um, You can always contact me there. Uh, My website is www.dawsondermatology.com. And um, you can go there, and there's there's a bunch of ways to contact me. There's a phone. There's an email. Uh, Kevin, thank you very much for uh, joining me on this uh, uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. All right, Richard. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. All right, everybody. That's our show today. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about today's guests or other past guests, just check out my website, healthcareerswithdrmar.com or hcwithdrmar.com. Of course, if you like what you heard on this podcast, then please go to my website, Add your name and email to my email list. That way you can get the latest announcements and news as they arise. You can also find me on Instagram at drrichardmarn. That's Dr. Richard Marn. Thank you so much for listening and catch you on the next episode.